0: Welcome to InScope, the healthcare security podcast. Each episode, we bring you interviews, technical tips, and a unique point of view on the challenges facing the ever-changing healthcare ecosystem. Here's your host, Mike Murray. And welcome to another episode of InScope, the healthcare security podcast. As always, I'm Mike Murray. Uh, today, I'm really excited. I have a a friend of mine who I've only really known virtually, and we've actually just been catching up and, and getting to know each other sort of face to face, as one does in 2020. Really lucky today to have Carolina Tarasas with us. She's a cybersecurity specialist over at Cisco. Has worked at a bunch of different places. Fishnet Security, for those who remember Fishnet from about 10 years ago, really cool company out of uh, Kansas City. Uh, she spent some time at Microsoft and has spent the last seven or eight years at at Cisco, where she's done all kinds of really interesting things. And I want to I wanna say how we got here, because it's kind of a fun story. We were talking on Twitter, and Lena said that she had just done a training for a bunch of healthcare customers. And I said, can I watch it? Because obviously, I like healthcare security stuff and kind of nerd out about it. And she said, well, I didn't record it. And I said, well, then come on the podcast, and let's talk about it. And so here we are. So Lena, welcome.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: No, I'm I'm so excited. So let's talk about the training you did and what you told everybody. You know, let's let's tell all the other healthcare customers what your healthcare customers learned.
1: Magic bullet to secure all the things. No, um, totally kidding. Uh, (laughs) I make fun of vendors all the time, even though I'm a vendor. So it's it's a fun pastime. So the webinar I basically had was in the midst of all of the announcements and advisements. Around healthcare customers being targeted, sort of semi overnight, and people seeing indications that a large scale attack was getting ready to be launched, and so I wanted people to sort of go into triage mode and apply a little bit of game theory to how they view their security, um, you know, portfolio, how they they look at their assets. Um, the problem, one of the many problems we have in security, is there are a bajillion tools out there. It's really hard for people in leadership. Uh, to understand what they need. And, you know, unfortunately it ends up being very often whatever the shiniest thing they saw in a booth at RSA or in an article that someone sent them or, or what, you know, a rotating banner ad or something. And sure that may be a very worthwhile tool whereas you're buying, a you know, iron bars for a window and your front door is wide open kind of thing. So um, I wanted to sort of baseline because I felt like I was having the same conversation a lot Um, with healthcare customers where they would be, you know, super hyper-focused on their endpoint solution. And I would say, well, what are you doing for DNS filtration? And they would go, what do you mean? So um, just looking at things from a more macro view and making the assumption that you're not going to have unlimited funds or unlimited um, operational, you know, warm bodies to throw at a problem, a security problem. How do you prioritize? And so I try to use a little bit of math to help people do that.
0: And so what priorities did you come up with? You mentioned DNS.
1: Yeah. So, you know, just showing um, kind of a, an amalgamation of um, various annual security reports, obviously, um, you know, heavily favoring things like the the TALOS, um, you know, Cisco annual security report uh, and what we're seeing from a threat perspective. And nothing that that I talked about would be a surprise to any of the security practitioners that listen to your podcast, that things like 91% of the time, um, you know, malicious attacks are still coming in over email attachment. Um, or 92 percent of the time modern malware uses dns for some part of the kill chain um and so simply by you know doing something reasonable in both of those arenas are the rest of your tools don't have to work as hard your analysts don't have to work as hard um, because you've knocked down the majority of what's out there so those types of conversations um and and applying that math to you know sort of a a priority list
0: it's funny to me how few so if you talk to really th- in you know really good threat intel people dns always comes near the top of the list but how many people don't ever even think about dns yep. it blows my mind it's cuz to me that's that's one of the places you start not one of not like the thing you add on 14th um, and actually i'm surprised there was one that you didn't mention i'm surprised you didn't say 2fa
1: Oh, that that was the next one down in on the list. So I oh, okay. think I a screenshot of it. So if you look at it in order, it's DNS, then email, then multi-factor authentication. That's funny, because because so in my
0: head it goes it goes two FA, email, DNS. But but I mean at this point we're splitting hairs, right? It's it's a coin yeah. flip. If you don't do all three of those, you're probably doing something wrong. Yeah. And and especially in healthcare, and and actually you and I haven't talked about this, but it's something that I talk about a lot is that healthcare is a is three environments blended into one. And it's where I think the DNS stuff especially comes in is, you know, your IT stuff in a hospital, you've kind of got covered. You probably have endpoint. You probably have some sort of network control, et cetera, et cetera, in your IT world. But on the clinical network, right, if you can't put endpoint software on a CT scanner. And, well, actually, that's not exactly true. All CT scanners come with some version of McAfee or Symantec antivirus from about 10 years ago, sometimes right. 15, <laughs> right? But not really useful endpoint software. And, yeah. and so, so, so in that scenario, when a C, you know, and I use CT scanner as my default medical device in my head because it's just where I go. But, but when one of those devices gets popped, DNS starts to become an incredibly effective detection channel, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's got to figure out, you know, so whether it's uh, the geolocation portion of the kill chain, figuring out okay, I'm a CT scanner in a hospital in Omaha, Nebraska, and thus the closest malware payload server in AWS I want to reach out to is in Omaha. If you cut, you know, the head off the snake right there, then it can't geolocate, then it can't get further instructions. Usually, that's a dropper file that's looking for an actual payload, and the payload never gets downloaded. Or whether it's all the way down the kill chain um, during, you know, maybe an exfiltration phase, or uh, you've paid the ransom. Here's your decryption key. That that happens very often over DNS. So, you know, by disallowing those communications, it almost doesn't, I mean, it matters that one of your devices has gotten popped, but you've taken the, um, the claws from, from the, from the lion, so to speak. Um, they can't, they can't hurt you if they can't talk to the device. So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I really wasn't as aware, um, as a security person that, um, people didn't look at DNS and, or, or consider it as part of their, their process until we acquired um, OpenDNS a few years ago. And so, you know, it's just the easiest thing to talk about. It's one of those things, it solves so many problems. It's one of the very few things I can actually recommend that's truly set it and forget it. And yet it seems like a lot of customers I talk to, I'm like, all right, where's your recursive DNS uh, pointed right now? Well, I don't know, I got to ask the DNS guy. Okay, ask the DNS guy, well, it's pointed to our ISP. Or to Google, I'm like, all right, right, if you're trusting them to deliver you clean DNS, they don't care. they just want to resolve what you're asking them for
0: exactly exactly and and it blows my mind all right I, I want to switch directions because you said something that I want to nerd out about. You said I applied some math to it um, yes. you know and and in in one of our emails you met you said you said the word game theory, which is another favorite topic of mine, so what did you mean
1: yes. So, um, for those of you out there that are, um, you know, maybe you've heard the, the term game theory, but I haven't really looked into it, the general concept is um, looking at all the possibilities, all the possible outcomes or, or solutions to a situation, um, assigning values to each one and then ranking them. That's really all it boils down to in its, in its heart and soul. And so, I, I didn't see any reason why that could not be applied to a security strategy. Um, since you're not going to be able to satisfy all of the wants and needs and, and, or predict all the outcomes, you have to figure out how to rank them. Uh, and, and so game theory is just, in my opinion, sort of a logical way to do that. Um, that was kind of how I applied to this sort of webinar and the threat funnel thing that I sent you, um, is just making that visual. And then, um, you know, I, I made mention of, of an app internal to Cisco that, that didn't start that way. Um, so A couple of years ago, one of our really brilliant engineers, um, Joey Nunez, probably not the only one who's worked on it, but um, that's the name that sticks out of my mind, came up with this concept of safe workshops, which we love our acronyms at Cisco, Um, but basically is is the idea of sitting down with a customer, looking at their entire network, um, and not just from a technical architecture perspective, but asking them questions like, all right, you know, for university, because I was in SLED for a really long time, so I had a lot of university customers. Where does your revenue primarily come from? All right, well, we've got you know donors, uh, alumnus, uh, we've got the football you know, stadium and it generates revenue, basketball games and blah, blah, blah. All right, well, where does the data live that's relevant to that research grants is always a big one with, with uh, the bigger universities. All right, where does the research grant data live? Okay, well, it lives over in this data center. All right, what are the controls that sit between a bad guy and that data? Okay, then making recommendations about you know, where to focus their attention, not only based on, um, you know, just making sure that the most vulnerable parts of their network are protected, but making sure that it directly correlates to uh, a revenue impact, Um, because that, you know, seems to get the ball moving with the check writers uh, when you're a CISO and you try to go ask for money, um, is to be able to connect that directly to to revenue. Uh, And so... It did it in a, in a really innovative, in my opinion, way. Um, and it was an all-day workshop. And we would sit down with customers and we would draw these architectural diagrams. And then we would visually represent, okay, what sits between a bad guy and this data center are these controls and map them out. And I was like, okay, that's great, I guess. Uh, you know, if you if you want to go say, I need these things and here's why, because this is where the data lives, That that's that's effective and that, that's awesome. Um, but for me, being a little bit more math-oriented, I wanted to be able to attach more math to that, not just these are the controls that sit between here and there, but okay, well, I can't afford all five of those controls right now. Which one should I buy? Well, we should be able to tell you that, right? And so that's where this concept of assigning values uh, came, came to be. So what I basically did was uh, over a lot of drinks at a bar in Chicago one day in the sun, sit down with my engineer partners in crime um, after we did one of these workshops. And we just came up with a a grid basically where we assigned uh, to the top of the grid, the places in in network or pins as we normally called them in SAFE, uh, where the data lived. And then on the left side of the grid, we would assign all the controls um, that is, and actually we then extrapolated that further into which of those places in network were revenue generating and by how much and blah, blah, blah. But basically all we did was assign a value, correlate that and say, okay, You've got five different essential places in the network where you've got data that lives. Um, and of the controls that apply to all five of those, this one appears common to all five. So this should be your first priority. Um, and so just by simple addings of one and two, you know ones to here and ones to here and then adding them all up, we were able to say like this is this is your greatest bang for the buck at this very moment in time uh, from a, an overall architectural perspective. And so um, that left my hands, Uh, Bill and some other folks on our team that are a little bit more script minded, turned it into an internal app. So now you can go tell it all of these data points that I used to put into a spreadsheet and spit out a very nice looking chart that's in the same information. So that's what I was talking about. The idea of of acknowledging, okay, vomiting a list of things, of tools that you could buy is not useful as a partner. Um, if I really want to help you, I should be able to help you, um, not only acquire, but operationalize those tools and in a way that's in, in priority order mathematically to what will give you the most protection, um, for the least amount of whatever effort, time, money. Um, so that's kind of the concept behind that.
0: By the way, I'm with you uh, on the rant about vendors things We're you and I are both vendors. So, so we're kind of re- reflecting on this, but I was just thinking as you were, t- as you were telling that story, like how many vendors are not just out there saying, here's a list of tools, buy more of them, right? Like that it, we need to be better partners to our customers. And I, th- I think we could rant about that for days, but, but it's one of those things like it, it, as, as someone who sat on the other side of the table, right? Like when I was, when I was a CISO, when the vendor shows up and they're just like, here's what you should buy, you know, buy all of it. Cause that's what everybody's buying this year. Or Gartner says, that's what you should buy. It's like, Okay, but do you understand my environment? Do you understand? And especially, like you know, we're talking healthcare. Like a hospital doesn't look like a bank, and and if you're, I mean, you've been you've been in sled, you've been in healthcare, you've probably sold to all the other stuff too. If you don't take the time to understand the customer, and you just try and sell them the same thing over and over again sorry i i am on my soapbox
1: <laughs> no 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 i'm right there with you up up on the ledge i mean i feel like um just by virtue of walking the door with a cisco badge is meaningless i think there there's a perception that you know we we just beat our chest and we're the best in all the things and so give us a po um I, I, the security industry is different right you know that i know that people to this podcast probably know that it's incredibly fractured um if i put all of my competitors for all the solutions that we bought in in our portfolio if I put all of our competitors on a slide, you have to zoom in to even see what the logos are because there's so freaking many of them. And so I have to be different. It doesn't matter that I wear a Cisco badge, no one cares. Right. No one cares. They'll go out and buy some two-bit startup that does one thing if it seems like it solves a problem. And they should. Um, mm-hmm. and so I have to I have to be different. And I've been doing this long enough that it it's not interesting to me to just sell a, a widget. Um, yeah, I have to solve problems or it's boring.
0: Uh, I completely 100% agree um, with that. Thank you so much for coming on today. This has been a blast. This has been so much fun. Where can the world find more of you?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, on Twitter, I guess. Uh, I um play a lot of Xbox. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you're a commercial customer in the Kansas City area, you probably have heard or seen me uh, darken your doorstep at some point, or will in the future. But yeah, I mean. Socially, uh, Twitter, I'm at Dork Phoenix. The zeros are, are or I'm sorry, the O's are zeros. Um, you can find me same, same tag on, on Xbox. Uh, I'm around.
0: We're, we're gonna have to be Xbox friends.
1: <laughs>
0: that That's hilarious. All right, thank you so much, Lena. This was absolutely fantastic. Thanks for joining us for this episode of InScope. To make sure you never miss an episode, Hop on over to www.scopesecurity.com to sign up, or you can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. And if you have ideas for topics, guests, or technical tips, please contact us at podcast at scopesecurity.com.